Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. You know, it's Father's Day, and later we'll talk a little bit more about that, but happy Father's Day to all of you. I want to talk today about our generous Father. As we're in this series of transformation and how God wants our minds to think differently, that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, I want to make sure you know that God is a God who's generous. You know, sometimes we think God's withholding from us, and yet he's blessed us more than we understand or realize. All giving and generosity begins with God. It starts with his heart. And from the scriptures, I want to press into your heart the character of our heavenly father. If you want to know what a father should be like or how all of us should live, catch this. He speaks to the prophet Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 23, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. And the psalmist wrote of him in Psalm 147, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. And then Moses tells us in Deuteronomy 32 that he's a rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong upright and just is he. And then Paul wrote of him in Ephesians 2, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace or by his gift that you have been saved. His generosity towards us is amazing. So when God asks you to be generous, he's simply asking you to be more like him. Would you say this with me? God is generous. Go ahead and say it. And God is a giver. You can type it in the chat or you can say it out loud. You know, a great way to to view generosity is to take a look at a a funnel. The top of the funnel represents all that we have Receive. It's been given to us. It's been, been poured into our lives. It can range from things like experiences that we have, uh, skills that God gives us, talents, supernatural gifts, the blessings of life, the people he places in our lives, our, our talents, our time, our treasures, and all of these things that we should be thankful for. Now, these things have been poured into us, like salvation. The, the, the funnel has a flow And whatever's been poured into our lives has a purpose and a flow. See, our lives are like this funnel. But the funnel was never designed to hold on to the liquid, to be plugged up at the bottom so the liquid could overflow from the top. It's designed, well, to be a pipeline. And and, and speaking of pipelines, I've got a little piece of PVC pipe here. This is a wonderful illustration of how we're to live. You see, some people live like, well, bucket lives. How much can I receive and hold on to? But God's not called us 
to be buckets. God's called us to be pipes, to be a reservoir. No, but to be a channel. You see, when Jesus left the disciples, he gave them a tall order. He said, I want you to go into all the world, Matthew 28. And I want you to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you. I'm pouring into you. I'm flowing through you to the very end of the age. So you're not alone in this. I'll be there for you. And he poured out generously into the disciples' lives while he was here with them. Their tanks had been full of Jesus. Just imagine being with him and eating with him and praying with him and watching him perform his miracles. You know, the Apostle Paul expresses a principle that we receive from God, and it always precedes our giving. We receive and we give. It's been called the the law of the harvest. And Paul writes to the church at Corinth in a a context of, of giving this church the power in Jerusalem to do what they could never do on their own. Paul was reassuring the church that as they gave, God would meet their own needs. And I want you to catch this. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and 10. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. It's amazing. You know, Paul tells the church that as they give beyond themselves, and are generous that God would provide for their needs, that he would give seed for the sower. And here's the lesson. God's abounding grace extends beyond the mere replenishment of our resources. He's powerful not only to replace our resources spent in our Christian service, but also to multiply them to the point that at times, well, we have all that we need and then some. The harvest does not consist of personal wealth and riches. It's a harvest of generosity. And God will take our best efforts, even if they seem inadequate, and increase them so that they bless many people. But we have to trust in God. You know, LFC has lived this way. We've historically given away 20 to 30% of our income, the tithe from the people. And we've found solid places to invest, good soil to invest. We've helped other churches and ministries in time of need. Most recently, you heard about our gift to India in the midst of their crisis there. And God has turned around and blessed us with the generosity of others. You know the old statement, you cannot outgive God. And speaking of generosity, it's a bit rough to be generous with your financial giving and trust God and obey him financially when you need help. You need help with your finances and budgeting and making the most of every dollar, moving out of the debt zone into the generosity zone. Hey, our church is offering Financial Peace University, and no doubt you've heard of the amazing Dave Ramsey and all that he and his team does. Well, this amazing program and process starts June 30th at 6 p.m. in our Connections building. It's a nine-week course, and it's held in person. You can come. You can wear a mask. You can social distance. Whatever works for you. 
And because of the many generous givers at LFC, we're making this course free to you. And it's more than a class. It will include Ramsey Plus Online and downloadable budget tools. It will be worth your time, I promise you. So you can call us for info or you can leave a note in the chat if you're interested. One of our people there, our host, will respond to you. Now, let's get into our text for today. All of that was my setup. Woo! And I got to hurry up. First Chronicles 29, verse 1 through 5. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord God. With all of my resources, now notice what David is saying, with all of my resources, I provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, and all of these in large quantities. Besides my devotion, my personal devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I provided for his holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, wow, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, catch this. Who is willing to consecrate himself or herself today to the Lord? See, David had worked and organized the blueprints. He had been working on the temple as God has prescribed for him to build. And in verse 3, we see he's giving his own treasures to the Lord with all his own resources. And he then asks a very powerful question. I want to ask it of you myself. Would you allow me to ask it of you? Who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord? Go ahead and respond. Say, that's me. If you want to respond in the chat, just write me. I'm willing. I'm willing. You see, consecration has to do with your hands, but it starts with your heart. Who's, who's willing to be a funnel for God? Who, who's willing to be a pipe for God where God can fill your heart and flow through you to the hearts of others? We're most like God the Father when we are generous, and we open our hands and we open our hearts to release what we've been given. You know, St. Augustine said it this way, God's always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. It's when we give away that God can then replenish and even give us more in abundance. First Chronicles 29.5, and now how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving, the Message Bible says. David is showing by example, I'm doing it. I'm allowing God to use me. Is there anything greater than the one who's created us and knows us the most to be able to use us for himself and for his glory? Do you believe it? It's, it's God's design and desire to pour out blessings upon people. I do. Hey, by, by the way, go ahead and respond. Do you believe it's God's will and design to pour out blessings upon people? Do you believe God wants us to have great marriages and families? a great church that continues to impact our area and beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after all, people right now need the gospel of Jesus more than any time in our lifetime. He's going to do it through us. He's going to impact others through us. 
Someone is going to be touched by God through you. I believe that. Someone is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's some group gathering that's going to be used by God. Why not you? Why not us? Why not this church in the season ahead? But here's what I know. If you're not open for business, he'll find someone else who is. You see, I desire all churches in this town to be blessed. Our leadership, our staff, the same. We want every church that preaches Jesus Christ to be blessed. It's a kingdom thing. But I don't want to miss his unique blessing upon us as we move forward, as we regather, as we restart, so to speak. His spirit will be poured out, and I want it to be upon you. And I certainly want it to be upon me, to consecrate our hearts and our hands. Now, when that word consecration emphasizes hands, see, hands symbolize power and strength, the ability to give and to bless, to do life with others, to give you a a hand, a helping hand, a hand up, putting our hand to the plow and taking up the task. Hands that worship and hands that encourage and hands that pray. So David asks, who's willing to serve and give and bless and work? Who's ready? First Chronicles 29, 6-9, then the leaders of the families and the officers, the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God. 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. And any who had precious stones, they gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. And the people rejoiced at the willing responses of their leaders, for they had given freely, and there's the word, wholeheartedly, or with a consecrated heart to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. So the people gave towards the work with all that they had. Then down in 1 Chronicles 29, 10 to 14, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And here's what he said. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you, and you are the ruler of all things. And in your hands, consecration, the hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks, but praise your glorious name and catch this lesson. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Because everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. So God's hand of consecration to be generous pours into our hand. And then we give back a portion of our time, our talents, our income, our resources to God. Whatever you have is not from you. It's not your energy. It's not your creativity. It's it's not the hours you put in at work. It's the God who provides all that for you. Now, now it's great to work and do all that you can as under the Lord. It's great to order your finances. It's great to, to put money in, in savings. It's great to invest in the future. Go for it. But what comes from your hand is what came from his hand. 
Recall again that word consecration and how it referred to our hands. God has consecrated himself to use his hands to bless you, to give to you, and to guide you in your life. God has everything you and I will ever need, and God is a giver. Thank him. Wow. What David and the people are realizing that God has all that we ever need, and in his hand is abundance. First Chronicles 29, 14, who, who am I again? And, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we've only given to you what comes from your hand. They realized what they had been given they did not deserve. They realized that all they gave to God came from him in the first place. Now, this is called regifting. Try it sometime. No doubt you've received a gift and you've given it to somebody else, rewrapped it or whatever, but, but, but try this experiment. Get the gift that someone gives you. Open it up, take some of it out, whatever it might be, wrap it in the same packaging and give it back to the giver, the same one that gave it to you and see if they get thrilled. God is the only one who gets thrilled when we re-gift back to him a portion of what he gave to us to begin with. He gives us our income. He gives us our, our, our time. Again, our talents. He gives it all to us. And we give him back just a portion. And then he radically opens the windows of heaven and takes great care of us. You can study Malachi chapter three and look it up. It's great. And it will remind you like the rest of the scriptures, this lesson that provisionally I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life at this moment. So many people say, when I get more, then I'll give. When I become smarter and acquire more skills, then I'll serve. When I get more Bible knowledge, then I'll serve our children at church. I got to know the Bible. When, 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 when. And here's what I know. When rarely comes whether it's joining our greeter team or our ushers, when I get a chance, when, when rarely ever arrives. So here's what we know, that God's power, number one, is for me. It's for you. There are things God must do because we cannot do them on our own. First Chronicles 29, 12, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hand is strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. It's in his hand, and there's things that only he can do. He heals, he repairs, he rebuilds, he transforms. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth. By your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. The next point is that God's provision is for me. First Chronicles 29 talks about that. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. And in your hand, catch it again, there's strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this because everything comes from you and we've given only to you what has come from where? Your hand. Wow. It comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. God will never ask me. He'll never ask me to do anything 
He'll never ask me to be anything and he'll never ask me to give anything that he will not provide. To do, to, to, to be, to give anything. You see, you could stop and take inventory right now of all that you have. And you can miss the fact that God wants to bless you with what you have. But I don't have enough, Pastor Bernie. I, I just, there's no way we can get out of this situation we're in or where, where we're just overwhelmed looking at the future. But if you look at your inventory and forget about the God who opens doors that no man can shut, if you look at your inventory and you forget the God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, you can forget that he is for you. So wherever your ability, your strength, your resources leave off, God provides. I found a list many years ago that's been comforting to me. I've read it many times, even in this church. It says this, in God, we see a love that's everlasting, a grace that is totally undeserved, a life that can never die, a righteousness that can never tarnish, a peace that can never be understood, a rest that cannot be disturbed, a joy that can never be diminished, a hope that can never be disappointed, a glory that can never be clouded, a light that can never be darkened, a strength that can never be weakened a wisdom that can never be baffled, a supply that can never be exhausted, and a salvation provided as a gift and received by faith in Jesus and the finished work of the cross. In God, we have everything we need. But here's the other point. God's partnership is with me. He offers a partner with you in your life not just in some of life, but all of life, not just in crisis, but in all things. First Chronicles 29, 14, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as, as this? Everything comes from you. There's the partnership. God is generous so that we can be generous. He gives so we can give. He fills us so that, that, that we can, well, we can fill others. He saves us so we can save others. And the list goes on and on. Matthew 28, 20 says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, God gives me my life and it's my gift that I give back to him of my life and how I serve him. He's with us. It's a partnership. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. You see, God's power is his ability to give. God's provision is his willingness to give. And the greatest gift of all, it's salvation. But God's partnership with us is his reason to give. I love this verse in Proverbs 11. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others, they are helped. Hey, as we close this morning, I want you to think about the funnel and I want you to think about the pipe and all the things that God has given to you. The list may look different for each one of us. Our resources are different. Our, our skills are different. Our gifts and abilities are time. But we have a generous father who calls us to, to be people 
through whom he can flow and he can bless. One of the greatest statements about God's generosity is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The greatest gift of all is the gift of salvation given by the greatest lover of all, God, by the greatest person of all, namely God himself. And I encourage you to receive that gift, that generous gift, and simply to say today, Jesus, I give you my life. Allow me to pray for you. Generous Father, give our fathers and grandfathers your heart of generosity today for their family. I pray that you would use all of us to advance your kingdom, that none of us would live in fear, that we we wouldn't hold our hands so tight and say, this is mine, but rather with consecrated hands and consecrated hearts, we would release ourselves to you and for you and for your kingdom. Lord, you have everything. Do you really need our gift? Mm. Lord, you command us to give. You know that when we give, it changes us and then allows us to be recipients of more and more of your goodness and your grace and your provision. Do our neighbors need us to be generous? Yeah. Our coworkers, our family, yeah. Our church, yep, they need us to be generous. And so we will be, just like you, a father of generosity. May you richly bless each one of us this day, Lord. And may we be transformed from people that give to people that are generous or people that don't give to people that are generous. Because that, when we do that, we're most like you. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.